Welcome to Resilience Unraveled, a series of podcasts to help you build your resilience for a better life, both at home and at work. In fact, we're going to help you get your bounce back. There are lots of different subjects, people and tools and techniques across this series, so please feel free to subscribe. Information can be found at personalresilience.com and you can access other goodies and online courses and coaching as well as today's show notes. In the meantime, please enjoy today's podcast. So today I'm talking to Pauline Durham and um, today's episode is a little bit different because we're going to look at a specific subject and I think that subject is Pauline's um, journey with diabetes and what she's done about it. And I think for a lot of people who... um, suffer with cortisol and depression and anxiety and uh, as well as insulin and sugar that um, diabetes can be a real problem either type 1 or type 2. So I think Pauline's got some really interesting insights in terms of her journey and what she did and how it worked and uh, hopefully we can all learn something because I don't know about you Pauline I'm, I'm on the sort of edge of it so I'm very interested myself to hear what you've got to say today. So first of all hello. Hi Russell. So where are you today, Pauline? I'm in lovely, well, I'm near lovely Southampton, which is far from lovely, I can tell you. Where are you today? Right, we live in North Wales. Um, we live on a mountain, um, got spectacular views. Um, we have had snow this week, but uh, that's gradually going now. Yeah. Um, but it's been been fine, been very wet, but it's it's nice and sunny today. I'm really envious. I'm from the northeast, and living down south, I really miss the snow. Oh, right. I mean, we spent most of our life in Southampton um, and only moved up here about six and a half years ago. Right. Um, but, yes, yeah, very different. So in about another 30 years, the Welsh will be accepting you, perhaps? Oh, they accepted us from day one. <laughs> they did. Yeah, they've been brilliant. We've got sort of Welsh neighbours and yeah. they're best friends and we've we've never had any issues with the Welsh people at all. No, they're fantastic, actually. I used to live in Wales and I used to love it. Um, yeah. So anyway, so here we are. We're going to talk about all this, uh, about this fascinating subject, Pauline. So, tell tell me about your story. Then tell me where do you want to start? Um, I mean, basically, my story um, was basically in two thousand and five. I was diagnosed um, with diabetes after changing GP surgeries, oh. and of course, they do the initial blood tests, and it came back that they said I was um, diabetic. Um, first of all, it was controlled by diet, um, but you know that sort of it worked for a while. But then when we moved here to Wales, again I had another GP um, appointment, and basically then from that one I had to go on to medication. Right, and that would be um, is that metformin or something? Um, originally it was metformin, um, which was fine, um, and then about a year and a half into it. I couldn't actually tolerate metformin. It was giving me huge side effects. Um, so basically, I I decided to trial stopping it for a few days to see if any of the 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 stomach issues I had and the pain I had would actually stop. Um, and after doing that for three days, that actually did stop. Um, but I put myself back on it again, mm-hmm. um, and then all the pains came back, all the visits to the bathroom came back. Um, so I then decided to come off it completely. Wow. And that was your sort of own choice, was it, because of the side effects? Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I didn't bother the GP because I just wanted to see whether it was the metformin that was causing my issues. Right. Um, 
But on an annual um, diabetic check, um, they checked my HbA1c levels, which is what they do annually. Um, and they said that my HbA, HbA1c levels were too high. Um, and they should be about 48 and mine was 98. Wow. Um, I knew that there were issues because in past um, experiences, I'd actually stopped medication. Um, my sugar levels rose, but I lost weight. Right. So I knew by getting on the scales every few days, if I had lost weight, I knew my sugar levels were going up. Um, so I was put on another medication, not metformin. But after about three or four months, that was doing absolutely nothing. Mm. Um, I then um, needed an operation on my hand and um, I went to the hospital for the pre-op and had a phone call the next day basically saying my HbA1c levels um, were far too high again um, and they wouldn't operate. Um, by this time, my little finger, it was Dupuytren's contracture, um, was so bent over um, that I needed the operation. Um, so my diabetic nurse decided, after conversations with myself and my husband, to actually put me on insulin to get me through the operation. Right. So I, I went on to insulin um, in February, and I was eight and a half stone when we started, and a month down the line, um, I put on over a stone in weight. Wow. Uh, and that was actually the turning point for me. Um, I didn't like what I saw in the mirror. Mm. And um, I chatted to my husband, and he looked up loads of things on the internet. Um, and we found a book written by Dr. Michael Mosley, uh -huh. um, who, who basically had diabetes himself. Mm. Um, so at the time... I, I couldn't walk properly, my every limb ached. I'd lay in bed in the morning trying to open my hands up because everything ached um, and the pain was just incredible. So I knew that wasn't right and I knew that that was probably the side effect of the insulin. Yes. So we basically decided that day that we would do this um, 800 calorie rid yourself of diabetes book we we read through the book so um, so, so before you go any further is this the blood sugar diet book that's my it is. is right okay because i think there's been a recent um program about it on chris evans and on television oh right okay because yeah. i'm actually doing it at the moment oh are you yeah it's my second day so i'm very i'm very interested to, to hear about <laughs> someone who's been through the other end of it yes <laughs> Yeah. But, it's, but um, Mike, Michael Mosley is interesting because he, he backs up a lot of um, really sensible advice with some good science, doesn't he? Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, there was other things that my husband looked up as well, you right. know, to do other sort of things. Um, lots of research into it. Um, but yes, yeah, so from, from that day, I started to decrease my insulin by two or three units a day. And I was actually on 30 units in the morning. Right. Um, uh, it was very difficult for the first two weeks um, because it, you stop, basically you stop everything carbohydrate. Right. So you stop potatoes and bread and rice and crackers and anything with high carbohydrate content. Yes. It was hard. The first two weeks were very hard. Um, and 
you, I had to take a certain amount of salt every day. Um, why, because did you, of, why did you have to do that? Right, because I'm burning fat right. and not burning sugar on the diet, you needed to have that salt added into your daily routine. I see. Um, I'm, I don't really know hugely much about that because my husband did a lot of the research and said, you need to do this, you need to do that. And yeah. I, I did it because that was going to help me, you know, actually rid myself of, of diabetes. Yeah. So, so I'm guessing the challenge is when you're on a diet like, like this is that it's all, there's all the hidden sugar lurking in stuff, isn't yeah. there? Yeah. And also the, the salt apparently stops cramps because there was a lot of cramping in my legs okay. um, and actually stopped that as well. So. So, so when we're shopping, it, it's sort of obvious in a way that you have to look out for something called sugar. And we all know that sugar is the, the evil thing, don't we? Because everybody's on about it now. But, uh, yeah. but, but you, you pointed out that actually there's other things to be aware of as well, aren't there? There are. I mean, uh, we tended, when we first started this diet, we basically would pick up every single packet um, and there would be an amount of carbohydrate or an amount of sugar, certain amount of fat. And, and basically we have to look and see what's in it. And of course, they don't necessarily put sugar they might actually put um, glucose or lactose or corn syrup or mm. corn flour. So there's there's lots of dis different substitutes for sugar where yes. they don't actually call it sugar. And I think Michael Mosley even says that you should avoid the sweeteners as well because just try and turn your palate away from the needing or craving sugar, doesn't he? Yes, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, I mean, luckily enough, I stopped taking sugar a good year or two ago um, by somebody I used to work for who basically said stop taking sugar um, and it it wasn't so much of an issue in, in teas and coffees but you don't realise how much hidden sugar is in processed foods. Now one of the things that a lot of people do with diabetes is they go on to like a meal replacement bar or something. In fact you, and you've got to watch out for the sugars and those as well haven't you because some meal replacement bars are really very, very sugar-rich. Absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm very fortunate that I actually never had any of those sort of um, sort of easy bars to eat in between. Um, right. And basically, essentially now, we do not have any processed food because of what they put in it. And when they say diet something, it's the worst thing you could have because there's so much more sugar so much more carbs in it. Um, so we very healthily and very naturally, you know, by not buying processed food, tinned food, jar foods and stuff like that. So it has changed dramatically. Yeah. And it's funny, isn't it? Because, I mean, I've done lots of other diets in my time, things like Slimming World and Weight Watchers, and they still allow you to have rice and potatoes and anything with starch and people don't realize that starch burns like sugar in your system as well doesn't it and so you've Absolutely, you've yeah. got to you've got to say say it not as a diet but a sort of new regime really don't you it's a sort of new way of eating in a way yes yeah um i mean i used to eat apples every day and a banana and grapes and all the normal things that people eat potatoes chips um and you know you'd like the odd takeaway but that's a complete no, no, now, and that's purely out of choice. That's not that I can't have it. I just choose not to have it 
because my quality of life now is far better than it was when I was diabetic. Right. So you were saying that you were in the first couple of weeks you did, you found it tricky, and uh, and you talked about the, the salt, which is a really good tip. Um, were there any other side effects in the first couple of weeks? From, uh, From what, diet? starting the diet? Yeah. Yes, there's there's something called carb flu. Um, and basically, um, you, you feel like you've got flu. You've right. got aching symptoms and you, you've got a fuzzy head. Um, you don't feel ill, you just don't feel right. Okay. Um, and that happened within the first two weeks. But after the two weeks and I'd got used to not having carbs... It, it did settle and I was fine. So in a funny sort of way, if you get the carb flu, you're doing it right because you must be, the process must be working. So that's a good sign, I suppose, is it? Yeah, because I suppose you're burning, um, you know, the the sugar from your, your system. So, you know, I think that's just a, a sort of a way of saying, yes, you are getting better. Yeah, and so how long does this, because I'm quite interested about this, <laughs> I think now I've got to look forward to it, how long did it last? Um, only only a couple of weeks. I mean, right. it didn't last long. Um, but of course, the, the you know the carb flu, the body's actually swapping to burning fat for energy. Yeah. Um, so you know that's the difference. It, it, you know that's the good thing. Yes. So you were saying then, as when you began, you were starting to think about reducing your insulin. So how how was that going? And did you did you continue with that, or how was that working with the, with the insulin? Um, yeah, I mean, basically, I, I st started on the 13th of May doing the diet, and I started that day to decrease my insulin by two units every morning. Right. Um, and within three weeks, um, I had stopped my insulin completely. Right. Um, and then I noticed that after the three weeks, my weight, my body weight started to come down again. Um, so the insulin made me put on weight, but once I'd stopped, the, I'd done the diet and I'd stopped my insulin, things started to progress um, in a better way. Um, and I have a book, every, every diabetic has a book if they're taking insulin, and you, you do your readings every morning and every lunchtime and every afternoon. And that tells a story in the sense that as I was decreasing the insulin, um, my sugar levels would stay right because I was on the no-carbohydrate diet. So it, it sort of proved that being on no carbs actually kept my blood sugars at level, you know, where they should be. Um, so, no, you could see it happening. And I think as well, you talk about there being another really positive side effect of this, which is about blood pressure. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I've been on blood pressure tablets for a number of years, probably nine, ten years. Really? Um, but because of the diet as well, um, uh, I was taking my own blood pressure um, after um, I'd been told I wasn't diabetic anymore. Um, and between my GP and myself, we did a trial every day um, and took, took it for two weeks, um, blood pressure, being on medication, and then we stopped it. And then two weeks later, he, he basically said, come off it, you don't need it. Um, so as of November, um, I am absolutely medication-free. Wow. That must be, 
that must be amazing because everybody thinks that if you've got high blood pressure, that's it for life almost, don't they? Well, I think that again is is due to the diet and not having all those normal things that we all always had, you know. Mm. Um, but proving by not having potatoes and all that carbohydrate food um, has does help diabetes and does help blood pressure. Um, and it, it's worked in my case. And I understand from certain people that there aren't many people that have been able to do this. Um, and I know a few diabetics, um, but they're not willing to give it a try and, and go through negative things. Yes. Um, but it, it, it's worked for me. Yeah. Um, and also your cholesterol gets better. Oh, um, right. Yeah, so it's, it's it's very good. Yeah. So so it's it's funny, isn't it, when you hear a story like this? And I know we haven't got to the end of it yet, but it's it's it sort of makes you wonder why how we even get into that state. Well, how we get to that place in the first place, isn't it? It's, and a lot of us are sort of a lot of us don't realise what we're eating a lot of the time, do we? We're sort of eating sugar and doing ourselves harm. And it's you know it's interesting that you noticed it yourself and you were, you were aware of it and the, the whole change in your body and such like as, as it went through. I just wonder how many people are, you know, on the cusp of something like diabetes, but they're, and they could, and they could easily change it. Well, you're saying it's not easy, but they could simply change it, couldn't they? If they've got the willpower almost. Um, definitely. Um, you have to have the willpower. You have to have, I'm very fortunate that I've got my husband who looks at, you know, packets and looks at things and tells me information that he's found out. Um, yes, you do need the willpower to do it. And I think if if you could actually look at it when you're first diagnosed as diabetic, even if it's only a diet side rather than medication side, mm. I think you just think you're not going to get it. You just think, oh, that's fine, I'm diabetic, but I, it's controlled by diet. But eventually it will get to medication and eventually it could get to insulin. And it was also quite, quite scary, actually, reading stuff and and thinking that if you are taking insulin and you're getting bigger and bigger and bigger because that's what happens yeah. um, well it happened to me um, and you see these ladies with or gentlemen with with big sort of ankles and yes. and if they get a, a sore or um, anything at all they could be in a situation where they have to have their legs amputated and yeah. I know that sounds very dramatic but I have read so many stories of people that are on insulin, have put on stones and stones in weight, get issues with their legs. That's why diabetic nurses check feet and, and that sort of thing, because you can get infected and then you have to have certain limbs amputated. And that's quite scary. Yeah. And, and, and just to be clear here, you're not you're not pushing in medicine or a diet or trying to gain anything. You just want to pass on your story really, don't you, as a sort of an indicator to other people that it is possible? Um, yes, I mean, it is possible. Um, I've done it. Um, I know a couple of other people only through TV and, and that that have done it. Um, and I think just by changing what you eat, um, which is difficult because we find it very difficult to go out and eat now because if you go to a restaurant or you go to a pub, um, you have to choose what and you on the menu because I wouldn't have like curry rice and pompadoms. You 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 can't have that. 
I could have it, but I choose not to have it. Right. Um, so you have to, I mean, I, I have salads and I have meat and I have vegetables, but I don't have the carb bits that go with it. Um, so it is a bit debilitating in that you can't go out and think I'm going to have fish and chips and sit by the seaside because it just doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, that's my choice. I could have it. But I choose not to. And I think, and I think, you know, when we talk about resilience, we talk a lot about this idea that your life's in your own hands, and you make the choices you want to make. And on another podcast, there was a guy called Dan Lawson chatting about it, and he said a lot about resilience and about a lot about willpower is having the discipline, isn't it? You've got to say no to certain things because you want yeah. to get something else that's more important. And in your case, it's, and so that's yeah. exactly what you're saying as well, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I've had people say to me what sort of quality of life is it for you um, if you can't have an ice cream or you can't have cheese and crackers or you can't have a nice takeaway? Um, I could, but and yes, it is it's quite hard at the beginning, but I've just done it now since like last May and it's just part of what I do now on a daily routine. And so you're saying now you've, you've stopped taking all medication now, is that right? Yeah, that was back in November. Um, I threw my GP. Um, basically, as I say, we did a trial on the blood pressure tablet and blood pressure, and he's basically told me um, I, you know, can come off it, and he's been very supportive. Wow. Um, and he totally was with me on it, and, and he calls me inspirational. <laughs> well, I think you are. Um, and and you know, that, that word's bandied around a lot, but you really are. Um one thing strikes me, because um, of course you're on this diet, and um, you mentioned your husband. Does what happens to his diet then? Because does he not have fish and chips and pies and such like anymore? Um, no. <laughs> so you're. No. <laughs> <laughs> so he's now fighting fit as well, but not so pleased about um, it. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. He's fine because he, he's, you know, we're a team. We sort of we do it together and. I mean, we at Christmas we bought some potatoes because I had to have a roast potato on Christmas Day as a treat, right. and we had to give the potatoes away because he just doesn't have them either. Yes. Um, he could have them, but because I don't cook them and I we don't buy them, his diet changed and he lost a stone in weight within the first couple of months as well. Wow! Um, so he he's used to it now. Yeah. So you know. And so. In your so so basically in your new so post diabetes now in your normal life and normal eating so you just cut out the normal things you just make sure that you're not going back and eating you're not sticking to the eight hundred calories calories a day I'm assuming you're you're doing a different regime are you um, I'm probably not doing the eight hundred calories um, and I probably have a little bit more if we make a homemade curry I might have a spoonful more. Um, but I can't say that it's changed hugely. Um, but, I mean, I still stick to my breakfast of grilled bacon and poached egg and my salad at lunchtime and then maybe some vegetables and pieces piece of meat for tea. So I don't add anything else in, but I suppose if I added up the calories, it might be somewhere between 800 and 1,200. Right. Um, so it's not high. But I, since I've actually been cleared of diabetes and blood pressure, I've not actually um, totaled the calorie content up per day. Yeah. Well, I guess you get used to that regime, so you don't crave the stuff you're not having anymore. 
Is that right? Is that yeah. easier? Um, yeah, that is that absolutely right. I mean, initially when I was doing the diet, I, I did crave a potato or did crave you? something. Um, but once you get past that, it doesn't bother me anymore. I can go out, we can go out to people's houses for a meal and I have to, you know, juggle what I'm going to have. But I can sit in front of somebody eating most potatoes and, and all those sort of things and it doesn't bother me. Yeah, because it is difficult when you're going out, I suppose, socially, isn't it? Because other people might be scoffing down apple pies and chips and such like. And you, again, that you've still got to keep that discipline, haven't you? You've just got to look after yourself, I suppose. Yes, yeah. Um, I mean, I do have the obligate treat, like Christmas, I had a roast potato and some stuffing. Um, but, you know, if you're going to have a treat, you, you do it very minimally and not very often, and then you enjoy it more. Um, but... I also know somebody up here, a chocolatier, and she makes gorgeous dark chocolate. And if you're going to have a piece of chocolate, then have dark chocolate, yes. um, cocoa, cocoa powder, because that, that's the best ones. Um, but as I say, it's not often um, that I have a treat. It might be once or twice a month, but I don't, I don't push it. And so, and so actually, one of the things, I mean, you talk, you've talked a lot about taking responsibility, making choices which is really what we call emotionally intelligent because you really know your body and you're looking after yourself. Mm -hmm. And um, and you've got this discipline and you know willpower. How, how much of it do you put down to having a supportive partner? Do you think that's a, do you think it makes it 10, 20, 50, 100% easier if you've got someone on your side like that? Oh, definitely 100% um, better. Um, my husband is one of these people that likes looking up stuff and researching books and, and that sort of thing. Um, so he has been brilliant um, and also somebody I used to work for. Um, he's been um, very good with, with giving me information and, and, you know, giving me the positiveness to go on with it. So, um, yeah, I think it's very important that, you know, you have got that person there 100% of the time with you, you know, giving you that, you know, all the information that you need and the help. Yes. And it's, and it's a funny thing, isn't it? I mean... Again, when we talk about resilience, we say one of the most important things is you've got to learn to ask for help. And you've got to ask for it. Yeah. Um, and I think you've been, um, it's interesting what you've done is, that I like the way you talked about like you've worked with your doctor to do this. Because I think a lot of people um, either push the doctors away or think the doctors are going to be anti or negative about this sort of thing. But it sounds like you, you'd managed your doctor quite well. Um, I only really, with the with the doctor, um, we had a change of doctor, so my doctor that I'd known for years had moved on. Um, but going, when I actually was told that, yes, um, you are no longer diabetic, my new GP gave me all that support and, and, and just sort of said, you know, it, that's great, and, you know, let's try and get you off the blood pressure medication now. Um, so, yes, uh, my GP has been very supportive. Wow. Well, I'm, I've got loads of hope now because I'm doing this diet. And I haven't got diabetes, but I want to avoid it. And I think what you've shown is that, I mean, things like willpower, choices, responsibility, a bit of support, and, you know, sticking to it. And you can actually fundamentally change your life. Absolutely. So, Pauline, I think that really is inspirational. Well, thank you. Yay. Fantastic. No, I really enjoyed that. It's been really interesting. It's really good to hear someone who's who's gone through it. It's interesting to hear all the different steps as well because it's nice to know what might be coming. 
So at least you know if this cold flu is coming that you can get through it because that's part of the process. That's really useful. Yes, yeah. Yes. So if is, have you written this story up? Are you, are you on Facebook or something? Is there, if someone wants to send you congratulations or whatever it might be, what, is, there, is there a way that someone can get in touch with you or, or what? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm on Facebook. Um, yeah, I don't mind. I mean, I'm not medically trained, no. but I, I'm more than happy to, um, to help somebody or give it some, you know, help them with what I went through to maybe help them. Yeah, um, yeah I'm more than happy to, to do that. That's brilliant. And are you a member of any of the sort of Facebook groups with diabetes and micromosley and such like? I'm not, no, no. Okay. I've, I've joined one. It's fantastic. I've got so many ideas for menus now. It's, uh, <laughs> I don't know which way right. I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> Paulie, thanks ever so much. That's been really, really, really interesting. And um, I hope other people like me will find you as uh, inspirational as your doctor said as well. So thanks ever so much. Thank you. Take care. Thanks for listening today. I hope you found some value. Um, there are lots of other podcasts in this series, lots of different speakers tools and techniques and subjects so please subscribe and see what else might be helpful for you um, it would be smashing if you could pop across to itunes and drop us a review as i said earlier we've got tons of information on our sites lots of free goodies ebooks webinars and such like uh, as well as some uh, online courses and specific coaching sometimes from some of the speakers you've heard on these podcasts so hope to uh, have your company again on the next edition of Resilience and Bad Bye now.